I sure am. That don't get you excited. Something's wrong with your excitement. Right? And I'm glad it's the last blood. There's no more need for any more sacrifice. The Lord Jesus has done it all for us. And I hope and pray you know him this morning. To know him is to love him. Amen. I want to deal with another word this morning. I've been preaching other than Home Improvement Month. I've been trying to just preach on the most important words or greatest words in the Bible. Greatest words in the Bible. So today is one of the greatest. And it's kind of become our children. I could have used this verse. Our children, I don't believe there's a Sunday night that goes by that one of our children do not quote a verse about this word. has this word in it. But I want you to turn this morning or open your precious Bible this morning to the book of Psalm. Right in the heart of the Bible. Why? Because the Psalm is a poetical book. Uh, you have the poetry books, poetical books, right in the middle of the Bible. You say, well, why are they in the heart of the Bible? Because they deal with the hard issues of man. Amen? And uh, keep thy heart with all diligence. Why? For out of it are the issues of life. That's why we should keep our hearts. Why? Because everything in our life flows from our heart. All the, everything comes from the diligence of our heart. So it's very important that we keep it. So when we look in the book of Psalms, uh, we love the book of Psalms. Of course, we know that it also was a song book. Many of these psalms were put into songs, and they were sung. Uh, during, of course, we know that during the great revivals in the New Hebrides, that's how they would sing. They would just sing uh, psalms or sing uh, actual verses from the Bible. So we know that the psalms were not only poetry, but they, we also know was, they were songs. And many of us, we've put some of these psalms to a song. But I want to look in Psalm 130, and I want to read the whole psalm. It's a small book, small psalm, eight verses. And then I'm going to give you some other verses where we find this most important word. And I'm sure once we read this, you're going to realize what word I'm dealing with this morning. Psalm 130, let's read it together. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive unto the voice of of my supplications, if thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? Boy, I'm thankful. But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning, let Israel hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption, and he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Now, I want to speak to you this morning on I believe is the most beautiful word. The most beautiful word, we find it here in this psalm, but by the way, we find it in other passages of Scripture. Let me read just a few of them to you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. The Bible says, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Mark eleven twenty five. And when ye stand praying, forgive. If you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Ephesians 4.32 And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. 
Colossians 3.13, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, thank God, he is faithful and just to what? Forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What do you think the most beautiful word is? Very good. You're paying attention. Very good. Forgiveness, I believe, is the most beautiful word. Why? Because it is the word that kindles the most beautiful light in the face of God and man. Hey, I believe it's the beautiful word because it is the costliest word. Why? Because Jesus Christ could pronounce it He had to die on the cross for it. It is the word that prophets and angels like to pronounce. It is the word dearest to all believers. It is the word that will awaken the music of the redeemed in heaven. It is the word that calms many a feuds and restores families and restores friendship. What is this word? Simply forgiveness. Now I want to just make this statement before we even start. For us to be able to forgive like God desires us to forgive. I'm going to tell you something right now. You will never do it without help. What God asks us to do in the way of forgiveness. Listen to me now. You will never be able to do it if you do not have divine help. I thought I'd get more right there. You will never be able. God is asking us to do something that we are incapable of doing without His help. No one wakes up in any morning or day after being hurt, after your heart being ripped out, and then we just, the goodness of man, wakes up and says, Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll forgive that person without divine help. What do you mean there, Pastor? Well, the Bible tells us that we're to forgive. And I'm going to talk about that, of course, all morning. Forgiveness, it's the most beautiful word. But can I say that this is something that requires divine help? Can I say this? You must have the God of love in you. Who is love? The Bible says God is love. So God is the purest form of love. And through love, we forgive. And when you get saved, I love that word saved because the Bible says that we must be saved from our sin. The Bible tells us that we're all born sinners. We all know this, but Genesis explains to us that Adam and Eve, and because of their sin, sin passed upon all men. Why? Because we're all born of man. We're all born of man and woman. There's not one person here this morning or on the planet that has not been born of a man and woman. The only person that's ever been born and has not been born of man and woman, is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why He could be the Savior of the world. Now we know the Bible tells us that Mary was the mother of the Lord Jesus, but she was a virgin. That is scientifically impossible to have a child when you're a a virgin. But here's what's beautiful. The Bible says that which was given to Mary was given of the Holy Ghost. 
So when the Lord Jesus Christ was born, He was the special, the Son of God. The Bible says He was 100% God, yet 100% man. That's why He could go to the cross, bleed and die, and His precious blood be shed. That's why the song was so powerful. Because we know that the devil thought he had defeated Christ. He thought that he had defeated mankind. But because of Christ's death and because of Christ's resurrection... He defeated death, hell, and the grave through the shedding of His perfect blood. Sinless blood. See, that was the only thing that could be as a sacrifice for our sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the Lord Jesus Christ's precious innocent blood was shed as an atonement for our sin. Does all do all of us we all understand that. Sin cannot sin has to be paid for. Sin does not get a pass. I look at it like this. All of us understand food. How many of you have ever been to an all you can eat buffet? Would you raise your hand? Okay, but to get in there to eat that all-you-can-eat buffet, you have to pay a price. Now, I don't know of any time that I've ever walked into there and said, Oh, you're Pastor Brandon. Come on in. You get the free buffet today because you're a pastor. No, normally, if we're going to be able to partake of all of the buffet, it has to be paid for. And see, the Lord Jesus gives us an absolute, absolute Freedom of salvation. He gives us the gift of salvation, but it's not free. It's just given to us because Jesus Christ paid the price in full with His own death, burial, and resurrection. So when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, when we put our faith in Christ, the Bible tells us that one-third of the Godhead comes in and indwells us. That is the person of the Holy Spirit. And the the job of the Holy Spirit in the Christian's life is to guide us to Christ. The Holy Spirit convicts us. The Holy Spirit comforts us. The Holy Spirit challenges us. Now, I'm saying all of this for a point because the beautiful word is forgiveness. And when I said we cannot forgive like God desires us to forgive without divine help, we'll never do it without the help of God. But when we get saved, the Holy Spirit indwells us and He enables us to forgive. Forgiveness is a beautiful thing. Why? Because it is the word that I believe is most beautiful. Think about it. Let me just talk to you quickly about the must of forgiveness. The must of forgiveness. Now look, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Nobody goes to heaven because they're perfect. The only way we can go to heaven is if we've been forgiven. Someone looks at Christians and say, oh, I tell you right now, those Christians think they're perfect. No. If we have any sense at all, we know we're not perfect. But the only reason that I'm going to heaven is not because I deserve it. It's because I've been forgiven. My sins have to be forgiven. That's why the Lord Jesus Christ came to bleed and die on the cross and to be born of a virgin and to be put in a borrowed tomb that this forgiveness could take place because the actual holiness and judgment of God demands forgiveness. 
demands a payment. And the Lord Jesus Christ paid for our sin. And we must, must, we must be able to forgive and be forgiven to understand a peaceful life. So the must of forgiveness. But can I say the meaning of forgiveness? Now here's where people get confused about forgiveness because here's what they say. They say, oh, just forget about it. Oh, just forget about it and move on. Do you know that you are not capable of forgetting things? You're not able. You're not able to forget things. Look, I I, I thought about this. I told y'all this not long ago. I don't know why I thought of her, but my my dad was talking about Granny Harvey the other day. I was sharing with y'all Granny Harvey. My Granny Harvey... She, you know, when I was a kid, she, to me, she looked like she was 120 years old. But she was part Indian, or at least she looked like an Indian. She always had her hair braided. And I'm going to be honest, y'all know them old, old pump sewing machines? Them old ones. I, I was in a thrift store the other day, and I seen one of them old ones. And man, I just, got, I, I went straight back. I'm like, man, that reminds me of Granny Harvey. I could remember as a little boy walking in there, and my Granny Harvey, and the way she did it, just kind of spooked me out. She'd be pumping on that old that thing, but the way she moved as she was sewing, I'm like, ooh. And then plus, she would always, this is what she would say to me. She loved scaring us as kids. I don't know why she did it, but we'd walk in a room and she'd say, don't go in there. And I'd look at her and she'd go, the boogeyman will get you. Can I help every grandparent, mom and dad? Don't do that to your children. Please don't say to your little six-year-old grandson, don't go in there, the boogeyman will get you. I mean, the way, and I'm going to be honest, I still dream about that every once in a while. (laughs) No, I'm going to be honest with you. That was when I was a little boy. I I can still remember that as a little boy. I'm not, not, you know, it's not like ruined me or anything, but I'm just telling you. So when someone says, oh, just forget about it, You're not able to forget about things. So that's not forgiveness. We're not capable. Now, the Bible tells us that God, He forgets our sin. He casts our sin behind His back. He puts His sin in the bottom of the deepest sea. And He chooses not to remember them again. But look, we're not God. We will not ever be able to forget stuff. Obviously, unless we have something go wrong with our minds, and I understand things like that happen. But in a normal situation, forgiveness, listen to me now, because I want to explain to you forgiveness. What does it mean? Well, it doesn't mean that you can forget. It doesn't mean that you're going to forget things. It's not forgetting. You're not capable. You want to know what the meaning of forgiveness is? God help us. And this is where we need divine help. Are you all ready? It is giving up all right to retaliate. It is giving up all right to retaliate. It is giving up all right to quit bringing it up. We can do that. We might not be capable of forgetting, but we are capable for God to help us and to enable us and to strengthen us to not bring it up. It gets me, it, it's funny, because from time to time, you know, we'll do counseling sessions, and someone will be in front of us, and maybe the man or the woman will look at me and say, well, I've forgiven them for that. And then it's not 20 minutes later, it gets a little heated. 
it gets a little heated in there. And about that time, all of a sudden, they bring something up that happened 20 years ago. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, that doesn't mean that you're, because you know what? Whatever happened to you 20 years ago, whatever happened to you 30 years ago, whatever happened to you two hours ago, look, it will never change. It will always be true. And to be truthful with you, you'll never be able to forget. But the Bible says we must forgive, and the meaning of forgiveness is giving up all right to retaliate. Number three. What's the motive of forgiveness? How can we do that? When I said a moment ago, you must be enabled or you must be divinely empowered, divinely helped or aided to be able to forgive. You know why? Because look what the Bible says. I'll read it. You can mark it down. Ephesians 4.32. Most of these children could probably quote this verse. The Bible says this. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, here it is now, forgiving one another. Do you know the motive, the reason why we can is right here in this verse? Forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Now, here's that, that, that's powerful. Do you know why we should forgive? Because Christ has forgiven you. Amen. Amen. That's why. That is why we should forgive. Because look, God's forgive me. He has forgiven me. Not because of me. He hasn't forgiven me because, oh, Mark's so good. He's sinless. Oh, he's perfect. He's never made any mistakes. And you know what we like to do? We like to compare ourselves to somebody else. And what we always do is we never compare ourselves to Jesus we never compare ourselves to the Apostle Paul. We always compare ourselves to someone living in a jail cell somewhere. Or we compare ourselves to someone that's not quite where we think we are. You know what we do? We absolutely think that we deserve to be forgiven. No, we don't deserve to be forgiven. The only reason we have been forgiven is because of Jesus Christ's sake. That's why God has forgiven me. So if God can forgive me because of Christ, then praise God, I ought to be able to forgive you because of Jesus Christ too. You'll not do it for any other... You'll say, oh, well, I'll tell you right now, they told me sorry so many times that I couldn't help but forgive them. That's not why you're going to forgive them. That's not going to be the reason that you stay in that state of forgiveness with someone that's hurt you. You're going to have to have some spiritual aid. You're going to have to do that for Christ's sake. You're going to have to go to the place many times in your life and say, Lord, I didn't deserve for you to forgive me, but you have. And I want to thank you for that. And because you've forgiven me when I haven't deserved it, they really don't deserve it either. But I'm going to forgive them anyway because you've forgiven me. Listen to me. We know that it's not easy to forgive. We know that it's not something we wake up every morning and that's our first instinct and say, oh, that person hurt me so bad, I'm just going to forgive them. That's not any reality that anyone lives in today. We have to struggle through that and the Holy Spirit of God has to help us and convict us and bring us to a place that we can forgive somebody. 
And by the way, this is a bigger deal than most people want to talk about because I'm going to tell you something. There are strong Christians right here in this building tonight and you're struggling with it. Oh, you won't talk. You won't tell nobody that you are. And maybe I won't confess it to you, but I'm going to tell you right now, our actions prove differently. The Bible very clearly says that when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any. Can I ask you all a question this morning? Please don't say it out loud. Don't, 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 don't even give a gesture with your face. I don't need to know, but this is going to be a porcupine question. You say, Pastor, what's that mean? That means where you're going to get the point. Do you have aught in your heart towards anybody right now? Do you have aught in your heart? Maybe you say, well, I have a reason to. Do you really? Well, you just don't understand, Pastor. No, I do understand. I understand that we're all human, and I understand that, yes, there is a lot of times that we struggle with forgiveness, but I'm telling you right now, the Bible says if you have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. And so God says divinely, He will divinely aid us to forgive. The must of forgiveness, the, mo- the meaning of forgiveness, but also I want you to notice the motive. Why can God forgive us? It's right there in Ephesians 4.32. For Christ's sake. See, we don't like that. I don't like that. I'm going to be honest with you. I'll say, oh, no, 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 God. You ought to forgive me because, man, I'm sorry. I told you I'm sorry. And I want you to know I'm trying to do better. No, that's not why God's forgiven me. The Bible says very clearly in Ephesians 4.32, He has forgiven me for Christ's sake. And so if that is the motive for which God the Father forgives us through Christ, then that's why we are enabled that we can forgive, but we must do it for Christ's sake. You all know all those parables where that steward, you know, he was asked to, to, to pay up all of his debt, and so he, he went out, he didn't have it, so he went out and he told all of it. But that, that, that Lord said, you have time to do it. But then that man went out and he wanted all of his debts paid. And he didn't give any of them, he didn't give any of them forgiveness or give them grace like his Lord did. And you know, it's amazing. That, the beautiful picture of that is, here we are, all of us, we stand, not deserving of it, that God forgives us. But then every little whip stitch, boy, we're going to hold on to what everybody else has done to us. Like, I don't deserve that. Would it Jesus deserve everything that he forgave us for? See, forgiveness has to be divinely aid. It has to be help. Why? Because it's not something I wake up every morning and Mark Brandon's heart, Mark Brandon's mind, and Mark Brandon's physical state. Oh, I'm so good today. I'm just going to forgive. Y'all come on now. Y'all hurt me any way y'all want to hurt me today. And I'm going to tell y'all what I'm going to do. I'm going to forgive every one of you. That's normally not how we respond to that. You know what? God has to help us to forgive. But I'm thankful he gives us the must. He gives us the meaning. But he also gives us the motive and the how to do it. And that's through Christ's sake. So the next time someone hurts you, before you get all upset and bitter and nasty and mad, and before you're just going to clear you off a spot and say, I'm just going to let them know how I feel. Be careful now. 
I'm glad the Lord doesn't do that for us. You know what? He says he just forgives us. And why does God forgive us? For Christ's sake. Amen? So think about it. I want to give you this quickly now. Quickly. The power of forgiveness. Stop making what someone did to you bigger than what Jesus did for you. Woo. I don't like that. You say, oh, pastor. You don't like that? No, I don't like that. Because I like to make a big deal out of things when somebody bothers me. Am I the only one confessing sin this morning? Stop making what someone did to you bigger than what Jesus did for you. Number two, he who does not forgive destroys the bridge over which the himself must pass. If you destroy forgiveness, you just destroyed the bridge in which you must pass to be able to come to Christ because he has to forgive you. Number three, once you forgive someone, refuse to rehearse, nurse, or curse your offense. Number four, unforgiveness binds you in the prison of offense. Number five, forgiveness is not an emotion. It's a decision. It's not a feeling, but a choice. Because I'm going to tell you right now, it never feels good. (laughs) It never feels good that you've been hurt. Six, forgiveness is absorbing a liability someone else deserves to pay. Number seven, the biblical attitude for forgiveness, grant it when it is requested, give it when it is not. That's powerful right there. Look, if someone, here's what I've heard all my life, well, I just don't think they meant it. Well, they come up and ask me to forgive, but I'm just going to tell you, you didn't mean that. Well, whether they meant it or not, you better try to forgive them. And I'll even go a step farther. If they never come and tell you to please forgive them, you better do it anyway for your sanity. I'm telling you. Because you know what? That person that you're harboring that ought against and you think is a real piece of work, look at me. They're not losing no sleep. Just you. Just me. So for sanity purposes, God also says we must forgive. Forgiveness is taking the grace of God has shown to you and extending it to your offender. I don't like that. I said this earlier. I was using this illustration. By the way, Brother Edge and them don't drive Fords. Man. They drive Chevrolets. So when I gave that illustration the other day, Brother Edge said, well, I don't care if you got there and slipped my tires on the Ford. I don't even have a Ford. So let me get down a little bit down to the nitty gritty. Let's say that I'm up at the camp and I'm hungry, I've been working all day, and I walk up to Miss Edgy and Brother Edgy and said, hey, would y'all fix me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? And Miss Edgy looks at me and says, oh, yes, absolutely. Well, some might say that's grace. No, that's not really grace. She's not showing me grace by just fixing me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But what would be extending grace to me is, is after I asked them to fix me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, then I walk out to their Chevrolet, and I slid all four of their tires, Then I go in their home and I take that same knife and just crash it into their pictures up on their wall and I just slit their couch from from cushion to cushion. And then Miss Edgy still fixed me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That's grace. 
That's grace. By the way, that's what God has extended to us because we have slid His tires. We have sinned against Him. We have been unfaithful to Him. But yet He still extends forgiveness to us because He gives us grace. And the Bible tells me that I am to give that same grace to somebody that slit my tires. I don't like that, do y'all? But that's what God instructs us to do in forgiveness. Forgiveness is taking the grace that God has shown to you and extending it to your offender. Number nine, bitterness does more damage to the container in which it is stored than to the object on which it is poured. If you're sitting around here today holding aught in your heart towards somebody, it's eating you like cancer. And by the way, people will be kind to you, but if you're like that, people know it. They might just not say anything, but then if they try, we get mad at them. That just shows that we're so full of bitterness we can't even see it ourselves. Can I help all of you today to find out whether your bitterness or you're holding aught in your heart towards someone? Get to the person that knows you the best or the one that you have the most confidence in and ask them. And don't get mad at them for telling you the truth. But if you ask them, say, hey, am I like that? If they answer that question, that's a pretty good answer. Do you know why most people won't answer you honestly? Because they know they'll make you mad. Come on now. Honey, do you think I'm better? Oh, no, sweetie. You're so chipper in the morning when we wake up. I just look so forward. You're so optimistic about the day. You don't gripe about the gas. You don't gripe when you're driving. You never have road rage. Oh, you're such a thrill to be around, honey. How many of you women, I'm going to give y'all an opportunity right here. How many of y'all like to be around like somebody like that all the time? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, if God helps us to be a person of forgiveness, we certainly won't be dealing with bitterness. Hey, forgiveness is releasing a debt as you release your debt. You know what happens when you do that? When y'all get something paid off, what happens? Your spirit is liberated. Now listen, cleaned out the garage yesterday. And I know this ain't a debt, but man, I looked at that garage... And I mean, you know it's bad, Brother Wayne, when you can't even back your lawnmower out of it. And I was liberated the other day, man. I, I'd worked on it. I couldn't get my lawnmower to start. And so what do you do? And you call Wayne Dawson. But what, and he was just giving me little tidbits over the phone. And here's what was amazing. I fixed it and didn't know it. So he come over there anyway, and I'm like, and then he just starts it right up. He's like, oh, no, Pastor, you fixed it. I was like, well, I didn't even know it. But you know, when something like that happens, or like, man, that garage now is, man, I walked in there yesterday. I just went downstairs yesterday evening and just admired the work. I felt liberated. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And when you forgive somebody, I'm going to tell you what happens. You get liberated. Hey, normally it's better to resolve a relationship than dissolve a relationship. Number 12, I got a bunch here. Hey, don't let bitterness turn you into the person that hurts you. 
Bitterness will take you farther than you plan to go, keep you longer than you plan to stay, and cost you more than you planned to pay. Forgiveness never justifies the sins of others, but it keeps their sins from defeating us. That's important. Can I help every parent here just a second? There's a difference between forgiving your children and excusing your children. Sin is never okay. Wrong is never okay. Sin and wrong should never be excused. But I'm going to tell you right now, it should always be forgiven. And by the way, that's a line that you must balance in the Christian life. You must balance that as a parent. You must balance that in all your relationships. By the way, we have to balance that here. Some people look at our church like, oh, I'll tell you right now, we even heard it from the Pharisees. Oh, the Lord Jesus, he's a friend of sinners. We all should be friends of sinners. That's a compliment. But that doesn't mean that we're justifying their sin. Forgiveness never justifies the sin, but it always forgives it. 15, forgiveness is giving up my right to hurt you. For hurting me. I do not have a license to wrong those who have wronged me. Because that's our first instinct. We want to get revenge. If someone shanks me, someone jabs me, you know what my first instinct is? Oh, thank you for shanking me. That's not my first. Thank you for stabbing me. No, you know what we want to do? How dare you? We start stabbing back. That's our first instinct. And then we wonder why them arguments get so bad. Forgiveness is giving up my right to hurt you for hurting me. I do not have a license to wrong those who have wronged me. 16, we do not forgive others because they are right. (laughs) We want to forgive others because we want to be right. That's powerful. You say, Pastor, how can you forgive somebody when you really don't think they forgive you? Do you think they did right? No, I know they did wrong. But if I want to be right and I want to be sane and I want to be mentally and spiritually powerful like I should be, then I'm going to forgive them. Here's a big one. Number 17. Rehearsing your hurts will cultivate bitterness. Rehearsing your blessings will cultivate gratitude. Do you know what we do? This is what we love to do. We love to think 30,000 times something bad. We like to rehearse it. We like to think. And by the way, I'm guilty here. We like to think about that. We like to analyze that. We like to give the reasons why that happened. And we want to just rehearse and absolute analyze that hurt instead of just rehearse and analyze how many blessings we have. Can I ask y'all a question this morning? How many of y'all know your sins have been forgiven? Could I ask you a question? How about just rehearse that all the time? Have any of you ever just been in a place of where you probably shouldn't have been forgiven, but somebody was good to you anyway? Then you ought to rehearse that. Have you ever thought about how many times maybe your spouse or how many someone that you love has hurt you? But have you also tried to combat that with saying how many times they've blessed you? 
See, it's just our nature. We love to rehearse on all the negative things. And that leads to bitterness. So rehearsing your hurts will cultivate bitterness. Rehearsing your blessings will cultivate gratitude. Number 18, never allow an isolated incident or difference of opinion to be the cause of severing a meaningful relationship. Don't cut what you can't untangle. Now, any of y'all fishermen? That's probably not true with fishing line, except when you're trout fishing and it's cold and your hands are already numb and it's hard to even feel the line. If you have a bird's nest, probably what I do at that point is I will try to untangle it. And here's why, because I know if I cut it, then I've got to take that little old line. And and with these eyes now, I know now I've got to take that little old line and I've got to string it through there. And it takes me longer normally to tie it back on than just take the time to untangle it. And so what we like to do is we just like to cut stuff and say, I can't right now. I'm just going to cut that. No, take the time and untangle it. You never know what you might untangle. You might can restore that and you don't have to cut the line and throw it away or be a litter person and let it go down the stream, which you shouldn't anyway. But I know all of you fishermen, when you cut line, I know you stick that in your pocket. I know if you're trout fishing, I know you just cut that line and just stick it. No, probably what happens there is you cut that line and go, oh, oops. See, when you untangle it, you take the time to untangle it, think about it. You can maybe keep something meaningful. Number 19, forgiveness is a private matter. It only takes two to forgive, you and God, not the other person. It takes two, you and him. But reconciliation takes three, you the person, and him. Because there's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Number 20, and I'm going to quit. You have a scriptural mandate to disassociate yourself and your family from the spiritual abuse of a contentious person. People don't like that. But I'm going to tell you something right now. I've made this and I've counseled this for years. If there's been an offense and someone just can't get over it, I've always said to that person, if you're going to make that person live like that the rest of their life, that's not right. And you know what's amazing? In a situation where the, someone is hurt, do you know who has to work the hardest and who it seems like it's unfair to when that relationship has to be mended, it's not the person that did the hurt. It's the person that has to forgive. They have to do the harder work. But I'm going to tell you something. Forgiveness is a beautiful word. You know the greatest words I've ever heard? From God, I forgive you. 
And even in my human relationships, it is so liberating when I hear someone say, Mark, or Dad, or Papa, or Son, just want you to know something. I forgive you. That's a beautiful word. You know why? Because that absolutely just releases me. You know what else it does? It brings peace that can't even explain. To know that I did something, whether on purpose or not on purpose, to hurt someone so deeply, and that person chooses to forgive me. What a blessing and how beautiful because I believe in that moment you're as close to being like Jesus Christ as you'll ever be. Is when you can forgive when no one else thinks you should. Because that's what God did for me because of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a beautiful thing. Now look, there's not one person in this building today that has not been affected by forgiveness or unforgiveness. If you're here today and you just keep, keep, you're just going to put your foot down. I heard it, Pastor. I heard that message. I'm not super spiritual like you're preaching there. I know you're not, neither am I. Let's just be real. The most spiritual person in this room struggles with this. Come on. If you're online, shout amen. The most spiritual person online or in this building struggles with this. Why? Because it don't feel good. It hurts. And by the way, Whatever the offense has will always be true. Whatever happened will always be true. It can never be changed. But more powerful than that, the Bible says that we must forgive. Forgiving one another for Christ's sake. It is the most beautiful word. Tonight, I'm going to look at three stories tonight. On Just deal with three beautiful Bible illustrations and models of forgiveness. Because it is definitely the most beautiful word. Can I ask all of y'all questions as we close this morning? How many of you are glad that you've been forgiven? Could we stand to our feet this morning? And as you stand, would you bow your head and just close your eyes for a moment? And I really would like for you to be honest. You don't have to be honest with me. Just be honest with yourself. Now look, preaching a message like this, I remember preaching this, not this particular message, but I preached a message on forgiveness. And I'll never forget at the end of that church service, there were two ladies in the church. And one of them left their pew and they went straight. Now I'm not asking you to do that today, but I'm just saying it was so convicting to this lady. She got up out of her, out of her pew and went to another lady in that church and they both went to the altar 
And I believe they did exactly what the Bible said there, that if they had an ought between one another, they were to forgive one another. Why? Because Christ hath forgiven you. Now, with head bowed and eyes closed, you're being honest. Don't raise your hand. You don't have to do anything for me. But I'm going to ask you, would you search your heart and mind? And I'm going to ask you right now, do you have an ought or a hurt or a struggle right now, this very moment, that's just been brought to your mind and there's something going on and there's been something you're struggling with and you know, you know that you're the one carrying it around and you know the Holy Spirit has touched your life today and you just need to forgive it today. But I'm just going to be honest with you. You just let God help you. Be honest with him. He'll help you. Can I ask this as we close? You say, Pastor Mark, I'm here this morning and I don't know for sure if I die, I'm going to heaven. I'm confused about it. Well, can I say only forgiven people can go? But here's the good news. God has done everything to forgive you. That's why Jesus Christ came. That's why he paid for our sins. And all he asks us to do is by faith we trust his plan. His plan was the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we believe in our heart that the Lord Jesus Christ died for our sin and we accept him, we believe him, we ask him to be our personal savior. The Bible says that God looks at us as though we're not even a sinner anymore because Jesus Christ has became the payment and the forgiveness of our sin. And if you've never done that today, I would ask you, don't leave this building without knowing, without knowing for sure that Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. So I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning. You say, Pastor Mark, no one's looking. I'm going to ask you. No one's looking. And I only say that so no one would be embarrassed. But no one should be embarrassed. If you need to be saved, it is the greatest decision you'll ever make. But you say, Pastor Mark, I'm here this morning and I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know for sure if I die, I'm going to heaven. Would you pray for me? Would there be anyone like that this morning? You say, that's me, Pastor. I don't know for sure if I die, I'm going to heaven. Would you pray for me? I'm concerned about it. Can I ask this this morning? How many of you know that the Lord Jesus Christ has spoke to your heart about something today? Then they're going to play. I'm going to ask if you feel led. You come to this old-fashioned altar. You don't have to say a word to nobody. Just come. Pray. Give it to the Lord. Maybe you're struggling with something. Ask the Lord to help you. By the way, you don't have to come here. You can do it right in your pew. Unforgiveness is a nasty thing because I'm telling you right now, it makes us bitter. It makes us bitter. Instead of better, it makes us bitter. So God help us to be a forgiving person because you have forgiven me. For Christ's sake. Amen. The power of forgiveness. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We want to thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for forgiving us. Lord, we don't deserve the forgiveness. But Lord, you've forgiven us for Christ's sake. 
thank you for loving us even when we're unlovable. Thank you for forgiving us when we're not even forgivable. So Lord, I pray you'll help us to be honest with ourselves, to examine our own heart and our own mind. And Lord, I pray you'll help us to be forgiving people. We'll thank you for what you do, for we ask it in the precious name of the Lord Jesus and all God's people say it. God bless you. Have a great afternoon. If visitors, we're so glad you're here today. Make sure you make them feel welcome. God bless you. We'll see you tonight.